Doug Friedman. And I am Sasha Brodsky. And this is your mental breakdown. The Patreon edition with Drew and you and us. Yay? (laughs) Sure. Why not? (laughs) On a very cold day in Southern California. The sad part is it's probably 75 outside. It's just cold in your home. (laughs) Yeah. Again, uh, if you're listening on the main podcast, wherever you listen to it, we had a windstorm a few days ago. The power has been out. We had actually on the main podcast, I was talking about partial power. Like we can run something, but while you were here just moments ago, the entire power went out. So yes. we are all battery powered, all bundled up, a nice mm-hmm. hot cup of coffee, hot cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And, Campfire uh, in the middle of the room. Yeah, yeah. right. We're going to make some s'mores. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was just telling you that there was once when I was camping and it was so cold out that I was pouring boiling water into the the bags of food and didn't realize until one of my friends pointed out that I was pouring it onto my hand. And no red mark, no scalding, no nut. That's, That's how cold my hands were. Insane. It was wild. That's how cold my feet are right now. <laughs> Just saying. Can I use the boiling water? That's right. Yes. Right. Sure. Why not? Why not? Oh, man. Well, so why don't we just get right to it before we freeze? And, Sounds good. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys listen to the session. We will try to warm ourselves up with some hot beverages. Enjoy a hot beverage of your choice. And we'll... Talk to you in a few. You seem a little more relaxed. I think so. I don't know if you feel it. Like yeah. that, that pause makes me think, no, no, no. No, I, I think my understanding of what relaxing is, is becoming stronger. Mm, what does that mean? I think I was very on board of the slowing down train for a really long time and what that looked yeah. like. And that was kind of like my picture of what relaxing was. Uh, just kind of like taking five minutes to like kick it. That That's like a new idea of like a new, a new pathway that I'm kind of carving where it's, uh, I can do it right now. I don't have to like wait to relax. Relaxing for you or maybe unwinding and de-stressing for you has historically been weed. Yeah. Has that changed? Well, yeah. And like, I, I almost find work to be relaxing now. Earlier today, I kind of had not an epiphany, but like my thought process of like, I kind of reflect on like my weeks, like before I, I do our sessions, just kind of tap in with myself, see where I'm at. I think for today, kind of where I'm at is more so understanding that like, I like work and I like what I do a lot. And mm. so to me, to a certain extent, I'm trying to find the balance still of what that is. But the act of actually working and being in routine and, and being active is super relaxing for me, even though like, like that might not make sense as far as like activity wise, but mentally it's super refreshing. What is it you think about work or even thinking about work that puts you into that, that zone, that, that mind frame? I'm okay in the unknown because it's creative when I work. And so it's kind of like a freeing space to allow the unknown to fully run rampant from a creativity standpoint. Whereas, you know, in my, I call it the real world life, like my, my day-to-day not working life, a lot more ordained tasks of like cleaning the bathroom and washing the dishes and making my bed and working out and doing that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff, which Mm -hmm. I found I really enjoy that routine as well. It's just not as fun for me. 
but I know sure. when I do it, it, it still feels good. So I'm also understanding mm. the, the end goal result and yeah. enjoying that process still. Some of what you're describing is the idea of something known, something contained, mm. whether it's like <laughs> one great thing we've talked about it in different ways, doing the dishes mm-hmm. is something that's finite. There are the dishes in the sink. I can do them. I have a sense of accomplishment. Any of the other stuff that's floating around or external stuff, we don't really pay attention to. It's it's like I've heard athletes say, why I like playing is because everything else shuts off and I'm just in that zone. Right. It's, it doesn't have to be like a game where you walk on the field and you're in that. It, it can be anything. It can be right. going to work. It can be doing your dishes. It can even be walking dog. I mean, a way to to walk your dog mindfully is, well, this is pretty <laughs> shocking to some, leave your phone at home yeah. and go walk your dog. I mean, I'll take, I'll take, just stick it in your pocket and put yeah, it on yeah. vibrate. But if you're, if you're walking your dog and one hand's holding the leash and the other hand's scrolling through your phone, you're not doing that mindfully. And it's funny that, cause that's what I thought you were going with. And I've actually like over the last couple of days, I've kind of tested what it looks like to have my phone when I walk dog. And what it's like to leave it here. Mm. And it's funny because his reaction of me having my phone out versus not is completely different. And like our interaction really? together, yeah, like when I leave my phone here, usually it's a charge. And so I'll leave it right. up here and like we'll run around. And like I'll see what he's doing. He'll see what I'm doing. Like we're having fun together. And then like I'll also have times where I'm like on the phone doing meetings and phone calls and, you know, doing that kind of thing. And he just kind of sure. like sits there and looks at me. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just different. I can feel that too. So it's, uh, it's very interesting just kind of like practice that stuff. I love that you said it that way. Cause it really is practicing mindfulness, right? Most people are think, Oh, mindfulness means I have to meditate. Like mindfulness can be doing your dishes, walking your dog when that's the thing that you're doing, being present for it. Like I can't be present for something because my mind is thinking of X, Y, and Z and all these other things I need to do and work, especially if it's something you like doing is a place where this is what I'm doing. This is my job. It pays the bills. This is my nine to five, but I'm doing this other thing. I'm doing this other thing over here with this guy. Yeah. And it's cool. But I've told him like, don't call me nine to five because I'm working. Right. And he was right. blowing me up all the time. I Was that not friend too? That might've been. I mean, it's funny that it kind of comes all the way. Like, dude, really? Like respect my boundaries. Well, and now it's the exact opposite. I can't get a phone call back from him. Right. It's crazy. Because again, you put up your boundary like, hey, I can't work with you unless I get paid. Right. All right. Now you can't buy a phone call. Well, and, and like the other interesting thing that I've been kind of like tossing and turning in my head, because I've not wanted to work with him going on three, four weeks now. Right. Right. And so, again, like I'm, I need the money. So I'm, I'm trying to do my best to kind of do what he needs. Keep my boundaries there, but still work for him. You know what I mean? Sure. But I was reading something the other day. It was basically talking about the energies and what you let into your life and what you let out of your life and and how it all reciprocates Mm -hmm. and kind of the aura of what that is and what it is in my life right now. I mean, it takes a lot of my mental, I don't want to say stability, but energy, I guess. It takes a lot of it to be able to Mm -hmm. go into these conversations and constantly day to day be like, am I fucking up? Am I doing what you want me to be doing? You know, because there's still that aspect of wanting to make him proud. Sure. Like for me right now, like the energy alone in what it is, I just right. feel really bad for me. I'm mm. kind of on like a teeter-totter of like, well, this is a short-term goal and I have a really big long-term goal that's like my dream 
kind of on the other end of it. And so I'm kind of like back and forth. And I also kind of have that feeling of, I think I do this a lot. I project my feelings onto other people. Mm. And like, I know he's trying to get out of it too. And so like, I'm just not, I'm not happy about that. So I want to leave. You talking about this now versus you talking about this a year ago Mm -hmm. sounds different to me. There's a maturity to you. I mean, you're still a punk ass kid, but there's a maturity to you, (laughs) right? Right. Of, of you saying this versus a year ago and longer where it was people pleasing. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to do this. He's not happy with this. How can I make it better for him? How can I do that? And, and now the maturity is like, yeah, I don't want to be involved in something where somebody isn't psyched about it. Like they're not involved. They want out. Okay. An intimate relationship with a partner. If they don't want to be in it, you're going to feel previous you. Like, wait, they don't want, they're rejecting me. What's wrong with me? Let me, let me prove to them. Let me show them how I am. Let me, let me have it be different. Right. And the reality is you don't want to convince somebody to be your partner, whether it's an intimate romantic relationship or a business relationship. Yeah. It, it, well, it's funny because something I found that was kind of funny that was almost a repetition, like a pattern was almost the, I don't believe you on their end. And my, I was like, yo, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I like, you can take it, you can leave it, you can do what you want with it, you can say I'm lying, you can say it's truth, you can do whatever you need to do with it, but this is, this is honest, like, I'm, I'm being real here. I agree, like, it, it kind of transforming across, like, all the platforms now, which feels mm. good, but, like, it's still been a sh- like, this has been a shitty week. How so? So now that girlfriend, really gone, gone, you know, since my birthday, my parents haven't called me or texted me. So, like, kind of to our conversation, like, that full cutoff, it's been kind of a weird transition. Mm. I think yesterday I was pretty lonely. But, like, other than that, like, I've been pretty, I've been chilling. You know, like, I, I haven't really been in that rabbit hole. But I, th- I, and I don't know what happened yesterday. I got up and I was going to do some stuff. And I, I ended up working out for, like, five hours because I, like, mentally I just couldn't really stop. Right, And then I went and sat at the pool for like 10 minutes. And then I came home and just like, I turned the TV on, but I didn't even turn the sound on. I just kind of like sat here. And I, and I knew, like, I knew I was like, I just need to get up. I need to get out. And I, I can't put my, like my thumb on it. And I don't know why I think, I think this is kind of like just part of me where I, I, these ups and downs that I have, like nothing's really wrong. Like some shit happened over the last couple of months, but nothing that like I haven't one prepared for and two gotten through pretty well. I might still be going through it, but I'm getting through it really well. And I'm still just kind of like in it. I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know how to describe it or explain it. It's just kind of like I'm down in the dumps and I don't have any reason to be. Yeah. Sometimes you don't need a reason to be down the dumps. You just are. Yeah. And and sometimes it's a little bit of a domino effect. Like one thing has you a little bummed, then another thing, then another thing. And you keep stacking them where the dominoes keep falling. And then it just seems like incorrectly everything sucks I, I don't hear that from you right i just hear like yeah a little down in the dumps when i'm thinking back to like when you went to go see your parents and like mm-hmm. surprise them and it was like i didn't go how i thought it would go and there were things where you were excited about it they're going pretty well and then just they hit those dumps so yeah right. being down in the dumps i don't hear you like doing that everything sucks woe is me but i don't know it, it's Things that I was excited about that were going good are now not exciting. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. I, I think we talked about this the other day, right? Where where I was starting to find 
like love for myself. And so I think I'm kind of like starting over in that phase again and doing what I enjoy doing like day to day and just whatever that looks like. I think I have had a pretty good run of that over the last couple of weeks of being busy and doing what I wanted to do and and having a lot of fun and enjoyment in those things. And it was a lot of work, but that's exactly what I want to be doing right now. And now I think you're right. I think I'm kind of hitting like a lull in that. And it's not that it's like coming up and catching up with me and like hitting me all of a sudden, but it, it's just kind of like, damn, okay, like I have some time on my hands and like, what do I, what do I do? What do I do now? Well, and here's something that you've said about, man, I, I haven't really been on my own without a girlfriend in a long time. I don't really know what that's like as an adult. Well, getting back into myself and doing the things that I like doing, like, yeah, sometimes you need your alone time. You need to shut down, do your own thing. And sometimes you really need to be with people. I mean, you've even said it sometimes about going home. I, I want to be loved on. Well, how long has it been since you've hung with friend? Yeah, a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, that was a tough thing, too, because I hit him yesterday. And I was like, hey, bro, like, I'm not doing very good. Can we kick it? And we were supposed to go on a hike yesterday and, like, do some shit. Ended up falling through. And then uh, he was like, yeah, man, I'm not doing very good either. I'm going to go to bed. I was like, okay, like, I, I understand, you know, no worries. But, like, it, it was a weird one because, like, he wasn't not there. Like, he was, like... Yeah, he wasn't there the way that I wanted him to be there when I wanted him to be there. It didn't really bother me. I just didn't understand it quite yet. But I think talking about it out loud, I almost felt like I wanted myself to show up for me. And that's what I... Like, that was the disappointment there. And I was like, I got this. I'm okay. And it still sucked. Yeah, it still sucked. Was it disappointing? Slightly. Not as much as it usually is. Mm-hmm. Like in the big pie, like it's a little sliver. Sure. It's there, but not really. What, what were some of the other slivers? Felt kind of guilty that I couldn't be there for him. Oh. I was being like that. Yeah. I think that was a big piece of the pie. I think that's where like the emotion really comes up. Yeah. Okay, Let, let's let's stick with that one because that I hear that as, oh, he's not doing well. Cool, let me put on the cape and get out there for him. Yeah, and like I couldn't because he was even like, "Yo, come over." Like I can't come there, but you can come here. And I was like, "Man, like I can't right now." Like I understand it from like a rational level, but from an emotional level, like I think I hear it a lot that it's I pick and choose when I'm there for people. And so it was just one of those things where I wish I could have shown up for him in a way that, and maybe I did, like, I don't, I don't know. Like maybe the, just the quick text was what he needed. I had no idea, but, um, it's not how I wanted to show up. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to dig at this a little more Yeah. because you're talking about that wasn't how I wanted to show up yet. You hit him up so he could show up for you. <laughs> yeah. It's easier for me to not feel my feelings to go help somebody else with theirs because then I don't really have to deal with it. And I can kind of get through my situation dealing with their situation. And it's it's just way easier that way. And I think inherently that's made me miss a lot of things I need to deal with in (laughs) my life. Yeah. I'm understanding where I can and can't show up for myself, for other people. Mm. Mm. My barometer of that being okay, I think, is coming better into gear it's just not quite there yeah that's okay you're realizing it huge realization i think too is going right being there for other people feels good because i feel like i'm doing something and it feels like maybe it's healing to me too 
kind of looking at your stuff and being able to feel the emotion of your own stuff, feeling guilty that I couldn't be there for him. Follow me here. I couldn't be there for him because doing that would mean I don't have to look at my stuff. I can look at his and that'll make me feel good and feel helpful. And then my stuff just kind of fades away because I didn't have to look at it. I didn't have to deal with it. Right. Well, and I think like last night was a good reinforcement of having to look at my shit and just kind of like not dwelling on it. Like I'm not, I'm not just sitting there eating a tub of ice cream, fucking crying, you know, I'm like actively like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Where is this coming from? And, and like trying to actively work on that. What does that mean? Because it's, you got two pieces trying to actively work on that, but okay. Yeah. But it means looking at my shit. What does your shit look like? That's what I'm trying to understand right now. Usually there, it comes from somewhere. I can kind of pinpoint it of like, oh yeah, this conversation triggered me here, which comes from this and this and that. And here I am. I need to work on myself for right now. And so like within that, like, I just don't know if I'm working on myself enough and, and like actively like day to day progressing. I'm doing things, I'm doing things. I just don't feel myself progressing. And I, I kind of feel plateauing mm. in the sense of like, like yesterday, like I was sad and like, disgruntled but I wasn't my highs and lows that we've been talking about like it wasn't such a low where I could like figure it out it was kind of like a lukewarm like ooh, I don't like this yeah and then and if it was a real low then okay I can pull myself out of the real low when it's just a little lukewarm like ugh. and sometimes part of it is just going okay yeah I'm a little down in the dumps I'm a little lukewarm I love that you were like oh well what is this let me look at this let me look at my own shit what does that look like what's going on here and sometimes and what I'm saying is the answer might be, I'm just a little down. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, hang on, but let me have a new perspective. Let me look at it differently. What about, well, yeah, let me just be a little down right now. Yeah, well, and, and to throw in, because you taught me this, throwing the good with the bad, right? I think I was thinking about like therapy in general and like uh, just being an emotional guy and what that is in like our day in 2021, right? I mean, I will, like, me personally, like, I'm talking from my perspective, I've looked at, like, emotional dudes as more feminine and, like, that side of the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. And I was kind of sitting there, right? And I was like, damn, well, like, there's these bodybuilders, right? And, like, they work out and they look super masculine. And, like, this is a muscle we're working out, too. So, like, inherently, like, I have a really strong sense of self I'm building, right? And so I yeah. think that as far as, like, a warrior mentality, like, I've worked a lot in this and so i'm a lot stronger as far as like a bodybuilding competition through therapy like that's kind of like my thought process in that yeah it's mental building not bodybuilding exactly being mentally strong and gangster yeah totally and I, i i hear this in you and you are strengthening yourself mentally and emotionally healing yourself, understanding yourself. And and that's sure in this day in 2021. Yeah, maybe that is a little more possible and a little more accepted and a little more talked about. I don't know if it's quite celebrated, but it's there. Right. We see the opposite. We see people having their breakdowns. Mm -hmm. And it's usually some actor, actress, artist having like a, a meltdown or going to drugs or, you know, whatever it might be. But we don't really hear about somebody just feeling good and being good with who they are and how they are. Like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. We don't celebrate that in our culture very much at all. Yeah, It is weird. It's not valued outwardly. Mm -hmm. I think what you're finding is 
well, what are my values? I value that. This is what I do. Putting it out there your way. And the idea of what do I look like? How am I being perceived? We talked about that, about uh, social media. Mm -hmm. That idea of what does it look like to others? What do I look like to others? Is becoming less and less important. Mm -hmm. And it's more about what do I feel on the inside? And then if others see that, awesome. Right. It's still there. Mm -hmm. For sure. I'm looking at what other people look like and what they're doing and how they are. And can I elevate to match them? Can I catch up to them? And we get away from ourselves in that. Mm -hmm. You as a bodybuilder right now versus you as a bodybuilder a year and a half ago. Yeah. What? Yeah. Way different. Like JV varsity right there to like, I'm not Mr. Universe yet. Nah, I'm on my way, but we're not, you know, maybe like Mr. Washington, you know, we're going for that yeah. one. So we're not world scale, universe scale, but like I, I'm definitely on my way. And I and, and right. like I feel it. I think the hardest part with that is something we talked about a little while ago. It might have been a couple months, but the humility of like being able to share it, I think is really hard. And I think that's why I'm so appreciative of the podcast platform. Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm. I almost don't have to feel like I need to tell my friends the progress I've made in therapy because I almost feel like this is speaking for it. And so I think that's really cool for me too because it's been a way for me not to feel like I needed to go spew everything we talk about. You know what I mean? Like I can kind of keep it here, keep it in its place and it's cool. You've been doing therapy for two years now. Again, your growth, incredible. If I come back a little bit and look at the bigger picture, see the whole forest, not just these few trees or this like tree that fell over. (laughs) (laughs) If I see the whole fort and go like, oh yeah, cool. It also means, yeah, and there's still that one tree that fell over. There's still a little down in the dump feeling. That's okay. We can have that too. Yeah. I've said to you many times, progress is not just a straight line going up. It's jagged. I don't know. It's crazy. The perception difference in the way we can talk about like the woods, right? Mm -hmm. Because it makes a lot more sense. If I take a step back and look at the whole forest, I mean, like there's so much good stuff that I can see. I don't really have a reason to be down in the dumps and, and I, I almost needed like a reason to not be. That makes sense. I want to be careful that, that we don't take away your permission to feel down in the dumps. I know you're, you're, you're cautious to like, I don't want the pity party. I don't want to woe is me. Okay. Yeah. It's okay to be bummed. Yeah. You're feeling it. Period. That's it. Right. Right. That's it. You don't have to stay down in the dumps, but being down in the dumps is different than like, feeling depressed, going into a depressive episode. Yeah, and like, well, I used to call it episodes, right? Yep. Or depression yep. or, you know, what, like, whatever I labeled it, this is the same as what that is. Right. I've been trying to be a little more cautious of my verbiage of what I call it because I know there mm. are people in the world that have, like, I, I'm not saying I don't have real depression, but it's not to the scale of, like, what depression really is. Mm-hmm. I think I'm trying to be cautious with what I call it because for me, like, like the suicide thing, right? Like that, that was yesterday. I still have that thought process of like, yeah, I could just jump out the window and like, I don't really have to deal with this. Right. But, or, and I guess I'm not like, I would never, like I wouldn't, I know I would never, it's not anywhere right. close to like reality to me. It's just an out. And so like, right. it's hard for me to have conversation when that's my mental state. And I guess what I'm trying to say, Mm. the frustration with that is that 
I mean, I know I'm not ever going to commit suicide. I know I'm not in danger of that. And I know that, and I have people very close in my life that are. And so I, I almost feel like, uh, it's just like not fair, I guess, to like, to the people that actually struggle with it. Mm. Like my mom, right. Or like my auntie Mm. or my cousin that did pass away. I almost feel like I'm invalidating their struggles by this thought process. I get that. I want to see if we can give you an allowance and permission to just feel what you're feeling, not in relation to anybody else, but just for you. Yeah. Because there's there's something about this that I want to make sure that we still leave room for you to have your own experience of whatever this is. Literally today, I edited the episode. You literally said, yeah, I had a mini episode last night. And I said to you in that one that I just heard, okay, what do you mean by episode? Because episode means something to me as a therapist, and I don't know that it means the same to you. And for you, I don't know if you remember how you defined it, but I know exactly because I I literally just heard it yesterday. Let's talk about where you are in the podcast. (laughs) Do you remember what you said back then? Mm -mm. Okay. I I couldn't even, no idea. I can tell you exactly. I can even pull up the transcript. I had an episode, explain that to me. I think for me, my definition of episode, this is you actually talking. I think I've been lacking more so a sense of purpose, for example, job. And so I think waking up this morning, I kind of felt uh, really the lack of purpose and that kind of set into my self-confidence and the overall definition for me of one episode is just a feeling of lonely. I think that's my biggest word that comes to mind just lack of motivation, because I'm usually not like this, this isn't my norm, and what I want to be. And so I think and why I label an episode is because it's just a small blip on my timeline. Mm. What I said then is right, it's sort of like it's one chapter of your book. Right. And if this chapter sucks, then okay, it's going to suck a little bit. Hearing your own word, how was that? I mean, I think back, I guess, I guess I think back to kind of like a year ago, right? And it makes me feel really good, honestly. It makes me feel really good. Because mm. if, go back a year ago, I called a friend the situation. I'd probably be calling you, like, crying, being like, yo, I got nobody. What do I do? And so right. I think right. the uh, the self-empowerment in all of that and the progress over that time has been amazing. I think I am very purpose-driven. And I think that... I'm understanding that my purpose is just being. And when I'm being, especially with people, that's where I'm thriving. I think I'm just trying to balance in how much I I really pour into people because I think I overpour a lot. And now that I'm kind of being able to get that glass full and not overpour it has transcended into being able to be more confident in self and, and do my own thing. It's okay to be lonely. I can be confident in myself and still not have somebody with me right now the way I want somebody with me right now, and that's okay. Feeling connected and feeling disconnected. We haven't used those two words today. Feeling connected could be, yeah, friend and I are feeling the same thing right now. Cool, we're connected. I might still feel lonely. I don't want to take that part away, that it's okay to feel a little of that. Interesting that over the course of this session, I've seen you... Like just, just your demeanor has gone from, yeah, I feel a little down to like, no, I feel pretty good. And like, oh no, I feel down again. Like, (laughs) that's okay. That's part of it. You know, you're allowing that to be what it is without having to make it 
all or nothing. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing too is is I'm not allowing anything to be all or nothing anymore. Not one thing can be all or nothing. And I think I allowed right. a lot of things to be all or nothing simultaneously, which is right. pretty crazy and a hard way to live. Right. And I think now that that's kind of balancing too, day to day. Yeah, I mean, you love the 10% disappointment. Like, okay, so love it. today you've got 10% down in the dumps. Okay. Yeah. There's 90% not, and there's 10% in right okay. yeah i love that 10 percent. it's one of my favorite things 10 percent disappointment is not like 90 percent. like everything's great and cool and i'm just <laughs> going to focus on that that's it like and i'll take care of everybody else and i won't look at my own shit like it's right oh i do have 10 percent disappointment okay i can feel that to bring it all the way around you know i Please. think my 10 percent disappointment is really where i find those five minutes connect with myself be okay right. and get back right. to the 90 percent Right. And it's usually like 1%, 2% at a time, not all, <laughs> you know, right there. Sure. Sure. But uh, yeah, kind of like that for me. Yeah. That's being well-rounded. That's having the range and that's, that's having it be okay. Yeah. If I said to you like, Hey, how are you doing? And you went, okay. I would now believe you. Cause for, for most people, they go, okay. They don't allow themselves to feel the 10% disappointment, the 10% lonely, the 10% blah and whatever totals up to the hundred percent of them they're just like yeah i'm okay you're looking at what each of those slivers of pie are right right and okay if this is what they are i'm gonna i'm the whole pie okay yeah i'm the pie. <laughs> i like that that's it <laughs> <laughs> i'm the whole pie And we're back. And still cold. And still cold. <laughs> I'm not going to let anyone forget that right now. No, no. I mean, you guys have been in session land for a while. Mm-hmm. We're still cold. I mean, if we're talking about feeling 10% disappointment, it's like mm-hmm. I am 10% rising above it and 90% <laughs> freaking cold. Yeah. But just like to kick it off, like this idea of slowing down versus relaxing. Hmm. And yeah. I like how you guys went into what those words mean to him. Right. Because there's so many words we throw out as therapists, as humans in the world, and it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to all people. Hmm. So for him, it's like going into this idea of like unwinding, just de-stressing, like it's really exploring what that means to him and him being able to find these new ways of just being present. Cause that's really what it sounded like. Right. Right. We were talking about if you're in the zone of mm-hmm. playing a game, you know, yeah. he's played sports. So we talked about that. Or yeah. even like in the zone of, of walking your dog, like mm-hmm. being present, mindful, looking at your surroundings. Mm-hmm. I, I go off leash with Beckett a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at, are there coyotes? Are there lions and tigers and bears? Totally. You know, what What's going on? What's my surroundings? Mm-hmm. And it, it is pretty mindful and pretty present. And just looking at that, how we do that for him. Mm-hmm. And it was, I don't know, it, it was nice. I think what it was what was funny about him is as I was mentioning that, he was like, oh, that, that's not where I thought you were going. I, I, I was going with like like leaving my phone off or something like that, right? <laughs> no, but this idea of mindfulness and like how do you mm-hmm. just practice. And I think I, I might have said this once before to you. It's like practice makes practice. 
That's really mm. all it is. I like that. And it's being present for the now, like whatever it is. Yeah. And if we really check in with where we're at in the moment, it's okay. Nothing else might actually be okay. But in the present moment, we are okay. It's true. Cause I, I think about things when you're like waiting for an answer from somebody, whether mm -hmm. it's a text response or an email mm -hmm. or waiting for a job interview or a grade at school or whatever it might be. When you're waiting for something, a lot of times we have a feeling of being on hold and probably being unsettled until the thing is completed. We do have the answer. We are no longer on hold. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that was one of Drew's, as he would say, one of my, one of his biggest things used to be that unknown. Totally. It was, he just wanted that information. He didn't like being hanging on. He didn't like being left, not knowing, being left in that unsettled mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it sounds like he is getting slightly, maybe 10% more comfortable with sitting with not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's cool because talking about his boundaries, because seeing that in terms of his work life, mm -hmm. There's one guy that he's been working with, and I, I don't know what identifier we use for it. We might say friend or coworker or something. Mm -hmm. It's not his boss, but it's somebody he's sort of partnered with to do this deal. And he did a lot of work with the guy for the guy. And the guy owes him like three invoices from many months worth that's of a, work. That, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, he needs the money. And yeah. it's like... Okay, it's cool to have you keep going. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. We'll take care of you. Don't worry. You're going to get paid. And Drew finally realizing, and we, we kind of have been working on it, like, mm -hmm. yeah, my boundary is I'm not going to keep working for you unless I get a good faith payment. Like, give me something. Yeah. Where you guys take that, which is like the people pleasing, which is him historically. Right. And like, let me, let me hustle for worthiness. Right. To, I don't want to be involved with someone who doesn't want to be in this with me. Right. Whether that is the work thing, relationships, mm -hmm. whatever, him yep. really coming to this place of, hey, this is me. If you don't want to be in this with me, cool. That's I mean, one of the hardest things I've talked about with many colleagues and friends mm -hmm. to really embody is that idea of if it's not a hell yeah, it's a mm. no. Ooh. Right. And if we think about that in terms of relationships, if somebody's not psyched to be with you, it's a no. Mm. Right. And work, I get it. Sometimes it might not be psyched to work with them and you still will do it because it's work. A relationship, though, like when we're talking about who you are, how you are, if you're not excited by the person you're with, and I'm not talking like excitement every second that you're with. Them, you know? <laughs> oh, yay. Right? That's, that's kind of hard to maintain. But that idea of if they're not in it with me. Yeah. And this idea of like, you right. know, a relationship isn't always 50-50. There are times where it's 70, 30 or 60, 40 or whatever. Sure. But if it's not, oh, hey, we are in this together. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the therapy context, mm -hmm. when couples come to me or people are talking about their relationships mm -hmm. and they're like, if they're working on it and there's issues, that, that can be okay. That can actually be really healing and helpful and they can grow and their intimacy can grow fine. When I have come across people who drag a partner to therapy, then it's that 70, 30, or maybe even 95, five. Yes. You know? Yeah. If the other person doesn't have any skin in the game, right? like what right. can you really do? That is such a part of couples therapy for one, but also just, I don't know, a way to reevaluate the energy we are putting in 
to relationships in our life. Yeah. Yeah. Whether yeah. that be family, whether that be friends, whether that be, I've run out of potential sources of relationships. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's something, you know, we bounce back with, with Drew in this episode a little bit mm -hmm. with personal and working relationships. Mm -hmm. I think if we're just talking personal relationships and what you're talking about, sometimes you are not going to have the energy to put into anything, even though you still like mm -hmm. the person, want to be with the person. Mm -hmm. And that's where they can pick up. Maybe they'll take 70%. You've got 30. Yeah. You know, cause you just don't have a whole lot in the tank. You don't have, as you would say, the bandwidth. Correct. Right. And it's something that I think incorrectly, we think we need at least 50%, you know, mm -hmm. and I say at least, cause sometimes mm -hmm. we think we need to generate more to keep a relationship going, to keep our partners stimulated in some way with us, mm. right? Well, if I'm not that interesting, if I don't have that much to offer now, nah, I'll just stay home. And, and it, it leads to kind of his feeling alone and lonely. Mm -hmm. And just, as he said, sometimes you're just down in the dumps. Yeah. And for you guys sitting with that in the sense, I think he wants it to mean something. And for you to just validate, like, hey, sometimes we're just down in the dumps. Right. And you don't need a reason. You just are. I think right. that's what you said in it. And yep. we have feelings. They are feelings. They come up. We accept them. And usually they kind of pass. Sometimes they don't. And I want to be clear about something with you guys. And, and Drew and I, we jumped into it too. The distinction between feeling a little down in the dumps, feeling mm -hmm. a little sad, feeling depressed or mm -hmm. being depressed and being in a depressive episode. Correct. Right. A depressive episode means something clinically. Often that's not, I mean, I would say almost entirely, that's not your fault. Mm -hmm. And it isn't just snap out of it, go have a cup of coffee, go outside, get some sun, mm -hmm. do some jumpy jacks. Like it could be, you just wake up in the morning and, oh, there you are. Everything just has a gray hue to mm -hmm. it. And that's what you're feeling. It's your brain chemistry, not your character. Yes. You're just depressed. And you could be in an episode for months sometimes, depending on, on what it's like for you, mm -hmm. right? And that's a little different. And we we did talk about that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting because <laughs> Drew has said it several times, and we were talking about this, that he'll say being in an episode yes. or I'm having an episode, yeah. right? <laughs> And how cool was it that you were able to pull back his exact words? Oh, right. Like, and I think that's probably a little further on, but the fact that you pulled up his words to define what an episode meant to him right. a year ago. Right. It was wild and, and very, very timely that as he and I were having this session, I realized I was just listening to an episode, a session that we had yes. a year ago. And going through through that transcript and, and editing that one and like, wow, wait, I just heard him say what an episode was. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read this back to him. Yeah. And I could do it. And I even said like, hey, yo, this is straight from the transcript here. This is what it is. This mm -hmm. is you talking. Here it is. Yeah. And reading it to him was really, you're right, such a cool experience. I mean, I've got good recall. I could probably paraphrase what it might have mm -hmm. been. Yeah. But to actually read his words back to him verbatim right yeah it was really cool and I, I loved how he took it and ran with it yeah and i think that's something i hear you do with him a lot is reflect back his words to him yeah. from a year ago a month right. ago whatever right. and there's power to our own words 
most of the time, the things we have to say to ourselves in those moments where we're Mm. having an episode or we're feeling down in the dumps are more powerful than anything someone else could say. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I remember going back to the work that I would do Mm. with teens. Yeah when they're severely emotionally disturbed teens and that's that's an actual term like sed severely emotionally disturbed and they some of them that i worked with were in and out of a hospital mm-hmm. you know yeah. psych ward mm-hmm. on holds mm-hmm. and they would come out of it and we do some work and they would feel this incredible clarity and i would say okay let's write a letter to you from this place <laughs> similarly <laughs> when they were fresh, like fresh out of the hospital or about to go into the hospital, it was tough to get them in, mm-hmm. in those moments because they didn't want to write. Of course. Right? Yeah. But if we could, what would you say from this place? Mm-hmm. And to yeah. show them the two different mm-hmm. places that they were in, in yeah. their words. Completely. That's actually, I used to work with teens in like substance abuse, dual diagnosis facilities. And that right. was one of my right. favorite assignments slash interventions, especially mm-hmm. like when they're about to discharge home or to a supported living environment. Right. It's like, Let's say you might relapse in the future. What would you say to you that would tell you not to do that or share your experience of being in this more clear place right now? Right. And I had one that was just like, don't do what you're thinking. (laughs) And I was (laughs) like, bam, there we go. Right. I love the 10% disappointment. Yeah. So that's something he brings up (laughs) frequently. Yeah. It's huge allowing people to have that, allowing yourself to have that. Yeah. Right. And I think honestly, dealing with disappointment is probably mm. one of the hardest human emotions there is. Mm. I don't know. Whenever I like I name disappointment with a client, right? It's usually like, oh, I didn't even think about that. I am just disappointed right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And that that doesn't have to be sad or yeah. angry. Yeah. A lot of times I'll say it as, oh yeah, I'm just kind of bummed. Yeah. I wanted this up here and I got this down here. Totally. Oh, man. I think it's a Buddhist thing where the the difference between your expectations and reality is suffering. Yeah. And it's like this idea of like disappointment is really like, I thought this was going to happen. This is what happened. Right. And sometimes right. it can be reversed. Like I thought this was going to happen and this amazing thing happened. Sure. Sure. That's <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that the whole Buddhist concept of radical acceptance that mm-hmm. idea of what is, is. Mm-hmm. Cease fighting reality. Right. As soon as we can take what mm-hmm. is as what is, mm-hmm. we're suffering less. Totally. <laughs> not to say we're not suffering at all. It's when we had an expectation of mm-hmm. what should be Ugh. and it isn't or wasn't mm-hmm. and it, it's not congruent and, and we can't make it match and we're not okay. And, and, and that's, that's suffering. Yeah. Right? And what I love saying to myself but also to clients <laughs> is like acceptance doesn't mean agreement. And Ooh, nice. Yeah. Because nice. a lot of times for me to, especially in radically accepting something, mm. it doesn't mean I agree with what is happening. Right. But it means like, right. it's, it's freaking happening guys. Yeah. I say that all the time. You don't have to like it. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to accept it. Mm. It just is. Yeah. The sooner you can accept it and not like it, mm-hmm. if that's the case. Yeah the less you're going to suffer. Part of it, in a weird sense for Drew, was just getting him to see like, yeah, you can be down in the dumps. That's okay. And even when he was trying to like get together with one of his friends Mm -hmm. and, you know, it was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I just wasn't feeling it and he wasn't Mm -hmm. feeling it either, but we were both okay 
not feeling, you know, and, and like, right. That's almost being down in the dumps together. That's almost like each of you is going through your own thing and you connect a little bit like that. Some people mm-hmm. don't even get that connection. Another huge thing for him was it doesn't have to be a 90% amazing and everything's great and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, that's not what makes up the hundred percent of you. Yeah. And if you can just connect and honor that like 10%, you can find like, okay, I am a little disappointed, lonely, discontent, whatever, you know, the, the feeling word is, I think, and you guys hit this pretty hard of like, in accepting your feelings in that moment, doesn't mean I need to change them. It doesn't mean I need to have an emotional reaction to it. Cause right. I think that's something that happens a lot is like, you feel a certain way and then you have a reaction and judge that feeling is good or bad. Right. It's interesting. Cause that, that idea of like, your feelings in the moment and mm-hmm. validating them. It's huge for us. Yeah. And I realized something that we had talked about a minute ago about how I got to read back a transcript of something that he said. I realized that was a huge risk in the session that I took. Hmm. A huge risk. I mean, I know Drew well enough and we have a good relationship and I knew that he'd have no problem with me reading that to him mm-hmm. at all. Like that wasn't the risk. It could have because it's sort of showing him something from a year ago, where if he if he identified with it and thought he's in the same place and nothing's really changed, uh, then okay. But then that's where we'd go with the work. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, let's look at that, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the main thing I thought, certainly in hearing this back, I don't think I, I recognized it and calculated it in the moment. Mm. I'd love to take credit for, sure, that popped up in my head yeah. and I chose to do this. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I don't think it did is that I pulled him out of the emotion of the moment. Mm. And he was talking about, he was talking about suicide. Not that he would ever do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, not for me, not at all. Mm-hmm. And he was almost like trying to get into the headspace of his mom who struggled or his cousin that did mm-hmm. take her life. Yeah. And, and looking at those things, I could have stayed with that emotion and I didn't. Mm. And I didn't consciously move away from it. I just, in hearing this back went, Oh, wow. Yeah. Shifting the way I shifted and reading back something about him talking about episodes, mm-hmm. that was a risk. And it was pulling away from, like I said, the emotion of the moment. Yeah. It's something that knowing him, we can go back to the emotion just about any time. He's, he's an amazing person in that he can tap into that. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to point out that that was definitely a risky move. No, it's interesting to think about because in hearing it, I was like, oh, damn, that was so cool. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Like you don't know where, like in pulling him out of that emotional experience, he is so kind of cerebral at times. Right. But you didn't know where that was going to go. And my sense in you doing that was like, that was just intuitive. Like, oh, this would be a cool place to go. And I think this idea of, risk around it is interesting. I thought it was really cool him reflecting on his own thoughts versus those of his mom or his cousin and Mm -hmm. hitting this idea of like, you have permission to feel that way. It's not invalidated by other people's experience. Right. And it can be similar and it can be different at the same time. Right. It doesn't have to be so black or white. Which we've been working on in many different ways. Mm -hmm. I think for him, he didn't want to belittle what feeling suicidal or having those thoughts 
might be for cousin or or aunt or mom. Mm-hmm. It was here's my version of it. I understand their version, but here's mine. Yeah. And I wanted that to be okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to compare it to someone else's and and what that is or mm-hmm. what that what that might feel like for them. It's mm-hmm. it's really understanding for him. Again, going back to the, the idea of the risk, because he was talking about that lack of purpose. I've worked with enough people with with depression, with major depression, who have gone through episodes that for some people, when they look at their life spread out before them, might be a series of these depressive episodes, clinical episodes, mm-hmm. right? That can feel overwhelming and something that they don't want to go through. Mm-hmm. And if we can see that there are episodes that don't last, mm. that you can come out of them. And when you're out of them, here's what it feels like, right? Mm. The up and down. Totally. The ups make the downs worth it, mm-hmm. but the downs are crushing and horrible. Yeah. Again, the risk being if he heard what he said a year ago and went, oh, yeah, mm. and I'm right back there. And this is what it's going to be. Am I going to feel this every year and go Forever. through this? Yeah. I don't want to feel this anymore. Uh, and and that's that's a danger. And we would have processed that and what that means, and that could be very healing mm-hmm. or not. It would be very revealing yeah. at the very least. Mm-hmm. For him, though, it did resonate differently. And you're right. Intuitively, yeah. I felt something in the moment and, and had that there, and mm-hmm. it, it worked. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to note, and why I keep saying this and mm-hmm. repeating this, is it doesn't work for everyone that way. Yeah. Depression is a very personal thing for people. Mm-hmm. They go through it differently. And mm-hmm. what I do with Drew, if you guys out there listening get something from that, that's awesome. I love that. It's not a blueprint for everybody though. So what I do with him might not work for other people. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have been listening to Drew and you listen to Sarah, you know that I'm different with different people. And not, not all therapists sound the way I sound and they're very effective mm-hmm. and some are not. It's so different and subjective. And that's why the relationship with a therapist and a client, I think, is so important Mm -hmm. to your healing. Completely. And I think everyone has their own subjective experience of these big kind of labels. Sometimes we Mm. put on, you know, mental health. Right. And to really get in there and be like, okay, what does episode mean to you? What Mm -hmm. does depression Mm -hmm. mean to you? What does down in the dumps mean to you? Like I've worked with clients and I'm sure you have too, who don't like the word depressed, very similar to how Sarah doesn't like the word trauma. Right. They don't like the word depressed and it's got to be something that's a little bit more neutral, Right. but they're describing a similar emotional experience. Right. That's okay. You use their words, you like roll with whatever experience is going on and explore it. Yeah. And it really is about learning what their subjective experience is. Mm -hmm. And then can we look at it objectively, Mm -hmm. right? Because you still have to go through your life subjectively. I wouldn't want somebody to go through their life completely objectively. Like that's, (laughs) doesn't work. Just data. Yeah. (laughs) Just data. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh -uh. Nope. doesn't work. (laughs) I think the highs and lows are, are good to have. Yeah. It's just for some people, they need a little help regulating and it might mm-hmm. might be a little too down when it's down or a little too up when it's up and some stay right in the middle or stay flat. Like, okay. And it's really finding what it is for one specific person at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love that you guys are along for the ride with Drew. And if you're listening to Sarah for mm-hmm. her too, they're very different people dealing with very different things. Mm-hmm. 
right? And whoever's listening, you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with. And it's very different from them too. Mm-hmm. Not to say that you can't learn things and apply things mm-hmm. and hear things and get help. That's awesome. And it's all okay. There is no right or wrong way to feel. Right. Part of our work is just being curious about like, okay, cool. Like, tell me more about that legitimately, right. not right. in that like, I okay, tell me about your father kind of way, <laughs> right. which like, let me, let me put this down on the clipboard. Yes, and... totally. Hold on. Let me stroke the beard that I don't have. Um, <laughs> right. What we do in therapy, a lot of it is, all right, can you just bring your emotion out mm-hmm. and feel what you're feeling and having what is inside mm-hmm. and outside be what is? Completely. And something you and I connect about a lot is music. Uh-huh. And one thing I think about, especially around feelings and songs and everything like that, something I, what I ask clients to do is like, come up with your angry playlist, come right. up with your sadness playlist. Yeah. How do you use music to help people tap into what they are feeling in that moment, whether oh, yeah. it's pain and suffering or joy, like create a joy playlist, and, shake your butt. Right. <laughs> and, and what, I mean, when you say, what's your anger playlist, it's what gets you angry or what releases your anger. Correct. I remember distinctly when that first Rage Against the Machine album was out, <laughs> my mom, who was a therapist at the time, didn't get why I was listening to that, mm-hmm. you know, because I wasn't angry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, actually, I listened to this to let my anger out mm-hmm. so it doesn't come out in other ways. Exactly. That's why I got really into punk rock for a while. And it's (laughs) still like when I run, I need to listen to Rancid and really fast punk rock. And like, there's so much more than just Rancid. But I need to ask, because you had one of the best therapy questions I've ever heard in this episode. Do you know what it is? This is a Q&A, multiple Um, choice. Do Uh, you know what it is? That was the question? No, no, no. (laughs) How how does that make you feel? That's no. Uh, Do you know what I'm referencing right now? Yeah. Um, hmm. I thought this was one of the most genius, and maybe genius is the no, one. No, thing. no, tell tell me how smart I am. I love this. <laughs> well, what does your shit look like? <laughs> I loved that. Wow, that's brilliant. Did I really say that? You really said that, and. Huh. So background on me for a second, I studied narrative therapy for a long time, which has a big emphasis on question crafting. And not that what does your Uh, shit look like, really the most narrative crafted question, but it was really cool. And one of the guys who started narrative therapy had this question that always resonated for me, which was, if you take that tear and open it up, what would be inside? Mm, and I always thought that was such beautiful, such a beautiful metaphor, but like, you're like, what does your shit look like? Right. And I'm like, bam, right. there it is. I mean, that, that's, it, it's interesting because in, in a lot of pop culture and just in a lot of our lives, mm-hmm. people will say, oh yeah, those are my dark and twisties. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I know that because we all have a dark mm-hmm. and twisty. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. But what is that? Mm-hmm. You know, what yeah. does that mean? That's sort of like, okay, what does episode mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Or, let's not just throw out these terms. Let's talk about mm-hmm. what it is. And I think what I was talking about at the time was like, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get a, a tub of ice cream and cry. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm fine. Okay. But what is your version of that? What does that look like? Yeah. I loved his answer to that, which was, well, that's what I'm trying to understand right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, uh, pretty much in therapy for sure. But even just at this point in his life, that's what he's looking at. Like, mm-hmm. well, what is my shit? Completely. And I think it really segued off such a huge 
point for him where it's easier for me not to feel my feelings if I can go help someone else with theirs. Oh, yeah. And so like, and yeah. he, and I think it came from you being like, or him saying, then I don't have to feel my shit. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's where like pressing him, like, well, what is your shit? Yeah. Cause you're so used to just taking care of everybody else. And I mean, that's kind of the battle cry of most therapists, not mm. all like we will help everybody else with their stuff. Mm -hmm. What about ours? And that's why I kind of go, yeah, a good therapist should be in therapy. Not all of the time, but just at different times in their lives, for mm -hmm. sure. Be able to deal with your shit. Yeah. The ones that just kind of play out their client stuff and never really look at their own. Ooh, I think we're missing something. There is this whole thing of like, we can only heal as much as we are healed. Hmm. And so I think for us as therapists, there is this responsibility to do our own work. It's interesting because it really does lend itself to mm -hmm. this profession is about self-care. Yeah. And we, we are a self. It's not just our clients' selves at the detriment of our own. Mm -hmm. It's each and every. Yeah. And Drew asks this amazing question, which, you know, I, I'm going to bring up because it's something I constantly ask myself is mm. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm working on myself enough. <laughs> oh yeah. It's interesting. Cause he's, he can be very hard on himself mm. and there is, Oh man, I want to preview something that he says in a few months, oh. but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> spoiler so alert. cruel of me. No, yeah, there's no spoiler. Oh, I'm, I'm not no spoiler alert. He reaches a, a nice turning point in a few months, just in his own healing and his own, process and progress as a person, not mm. even like somebody in therapy dealing with his shit. Mm. It's just somebody like living his life mm. and looking at what's going to help me and how am I best going to mm. help and, and do this. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool to hear. And some of what we're talking about now, I can see where he is four or five months from now and go, oh yeah, we were kind of talking about this stuff. It has been coming really cool. Because mm -hmm. he does think about a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I think as humans, we're always trying to actually scratch the old ways from that. But <laughs> I think Often. a lot of us try to up the ante, try to right. be better versions of ourselves, right. try to right. look at, hey, how can I do this differently moving forward? Yeah. And which brings us back to this idea of... Uh, the bodybuilding of therapy, oh, which yeah, I yeah. loved is like oh, an idea. Yeah. And this, he's getting stronger. I love the physical fitness metaphor for mental health, spiritual health, whatever it is, right. is if I wanted to get buff, which would look very strange, um, <laughs> <laughs> right? I would have to go to the gym regularly. <laughs> right. If I want to get mentally strong, emotionally strong, I need to do push-ups. Mental push-ups. No, physical ones. I can do maybe like three. No, oh, okay. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mental push-ups are like, what are you doing to mentally, emotionally stay fit? Right. Yeah. Right. There's something I said about being a mental warrior. Mm. There's a recent clip that I saw on TikTok, because that's what I do these days, because all the kids are doing it, mm. where somebody was like, everybody's saying like, oh, you're such a warrior. You've been through so much. Like, I don't want to be a warrior anymore. I don't want to go through this anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was just like being so tired. And, and sometimes some clients do feel tired mm -hmm. working on themselves constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And it is work. It's going to the gym. It might feel great. It might be awesome. Sometimes you need a break. Mm -hmm. It's not something that Drew's hit. Mm -mm. There's a lot of work to do and he's doing it and he's loving it. But for yeah. some of us, 
doing a lot of this stuff, talking about a lot of emotion mm -hmm. with such depth and insight and work mm -hmm. is work and it is exhausting. It would be nice to just not have to do this. Completely. Yeah. And it's like, how can you take care of yourself from those moments of strenuous work? Right. Like what right. is your rest day look like? Right. Man, I'm trying real hard with this like gym metaphor. And like, <laughs> I, I think it's starting to show that I really don't have a ton of knowledge about bodybuilding or the gym. Um, <laughs> what? What? But like, he hits it at the end, like, you know, when he's feeling that 10% down in the dumps, 10% disappointed, like 90% of him is okay. And how does he connect with himself, feel okay, and get back to that 90%? And I think sometimes it's really just like, okay, like, what do I need in this moment? How do I take care of myself? Yeah. 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 And, and you can, you can be all of that. That's where I was saying, like, you're the mm -hmm. whole pie. It's not just the 10%. Mm -hmm. It's not 90%. It's mm -hmm. all of it. You know, and he's like, oh, that's sick. Yeah. yeah. Whole pie. yeah. <laughs> what kind and, of pie? Yeah. <laughs> one with many different slivers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like one of those fancy cheesecakes. Yeah. Oh, oh or seven. Oh, no, that seven layer bean dip. That's different. Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> we are both huge dorks and that's, right. that's yeah. right. We appreciate you guys coming along for our dorky ride <laughs> and, uh, I will be back. I keep threatening to bring back Meredith and, uh, I think, I think she will be done enough with her move so that she can from somewhere beneath the pile of boxes, <laughs> bust out the mic and <laughs> then we'll do this. But Sasha, thank you for joining me again on here. Thank you. You're welcome. It's been awesome. It has. Yay uh, pie. I'll probably talk to you. In a few hours or days. And of course. There we go. <laughs> and I will uh, see you guys never, but talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.